grief to me is honoring. It's honoring what was and honoring the connection. So when I'm in a grieving phase, because I just lost the physical form of somebody, I'm really in a phase where I'm honoring our connection, where I'm honoring the person that died, where I'm honoring myself, who I am with them. But Aria, I want to thank you for being here. And I know we had a, a lot of talk prior to the episode. I just want to get your story out here and, and kind of go from there. But wherever you would want to start on explaining to people who you are and what you do, because your story seems to tie in your work and your story blends together with grief and mm-hmm. the healing that you're mm-hmm. doing today. Mm-hmm. So how would you explain to people the type of healing work that you do on a daily basis? Well, on a, on a daily basis, really, I like to help people to find what their purpose is. But it never started like that. It didn't start with the purpose. It really started with me wanting to help people heal. And that started with my mom being sick and actually, you know, having cancer. And I really felt like I want to help her feel better. So all of that has led me through a series of, you know, experiences. So 20 years of healing practice where I'm working as a full-time healer with a thousand clients a year and have gotten a lot of experience in how energy healing works. How do you heal a physical ailment? How do you heal emotional issues? How do you heal even situations? Businesses come to me and I help them with investors and activating unity energy field that they need in order to be successful. I work with animals and it's all energy work. It comes down to the fact that we are all made out of energy and everything is made out of energy. That's science, right? That's no woo, that's science. We're made out of energy. But if we're made out of energy, what determines whether these systems function well or these systems don't function well? That's what I was interested in. And I found out how I can manipulate energy in a way that it functions better. It helps the system function better, better. And now that could be a physical body, it can be a situation or a business or an animal, whatever it could be, right? Because it's all made of energy. And so I started, you know, to work with people and the more people came through word to mouth, more people healed. And it it became this situation where they all of a sudden coming to me say, heal me. And I came to that point where I realized, you know, you're not helping at all. You're just postponing the suffering because people are coming, they say, heal this, heal that. They're in victim mode. They have a problem. They want me to fix the problem. Then the problem is fixed. They'll create another problem because the underlying cause of the problem is there's somewhere in between. There's some unfulfillment. There's some purpose that is not perfectly fulfilled and they're sort of off. You know, and if you're off, if you have an off day, things just don't go well, right? If you have sort of an off life, because you're not on target with your purpose, things don't go that well. So eventually I realized I need to help people find their purpose and live their purpose. And then all the healing, most of it falls away. Some of it is needed in order to be on target with their purpose. That makes sense. And and when you're talking about the science of 
that we are energy that is science that is scientifically accepted. We are all energy, and that's not woo woo. Where the woo woo aspect comes in is how you're saying you can manipulate energy. So can you kind of dilute more on? How do you manipulate energy and yeah. how, how do people believe that you manipulate energy? Because you mentioned you're a medium and that kind of all ties into the same question of what's real, what's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I love that question because that's really the question. I even ask myself that question, honestly. I'm like, how do I do this? And my mind will always tell me it's complete BS. I'm making this up every time. Now, here I, here I am, you know, I've been healing since 20 years. I've seen miracles after miracles. You know, I got my horse because I healed the horse's mom's leg and the leg was so broken that they wanted to put the horse down. Well, within three weeks, the horse was fine. I've helped, you know, bones heal. I had broken bones. I had soccer players, broken bones, you know, and we went to the doctor, they did all these x-rays and two and a half weeks later, we came back, they did x-rays and they did not find a sign of any break. So they're all proven, you know, results. But what the proof is, is the result is what really happens afterwards. You know, do people get better? Uh, But still, even though there's all these proven results, my mind will tell me, Oh, this is just haphazard. This is you just making this up. So I totally understand when people say, you know, I don't believe this because, you know, believing is not really what we need here. It's more like, you know, I don't believe it, but, you know, it's more like, let's see what the issue is. Let's look at the issue as not only a physical problem, but also an energy problem because we're not only physical, we're also energy, right? And then let's address it from an energy standpoint because the energy always comes first. So let's address it with the thing that comes first. And then we manipulate energy in a quantum physical way. Quantum physics has proven that the observer changes the outcome. So what is the observer? The observer is basically an electromagnetic field Which we are. Which is what we are. We're electromagnetic fields. And that electromagnetic field has something that, let's say, this table, which is also an electromagnetic field, doesn't have. And that is, it has the capacity to set an intention to think and to feel. So thinking and feeling is something that we have. And we can also set an intention, which gives those feelings and those thoughts a direction. That direction has a direct impact on the outcome on basically when I say outcome I mean the movement of the particles in the waves so now those particles and waves are moving depending on my intention which is a mix of feelings and thoughts so now I'm basically manipulating energy without knowing I'm doing it and we do this all day long Most of the time, we're not knowing that we're doing it. So we're doing it not necessarily in our favor, right? right? So if I want to have a certain outcome, let's say I want to be successful in in a business and I have a business meeting come up and I want that business meeting to go well. What most people will do, they'll say, oh my gosh, I hope this doesn't go well. What if, oh, I'm inadequate. What if they don't understand me? What if I'm not saying it right? So they're with their feelings and thoughts and intention They're focusing on something they don't want. Therefore, they manipulate the outcome in a way that they don't want and things don't go well. So 
I work in that field and when I help people heal, I use my own energy field and my feelings, my thoughts and my intention to direct the energy in a positive way, in a harmonic way, so it can come back into harmony. But that's only a small part of it. So how does, so if if we all have the same foundation of, you know, intention, our feelings and the way we think, how come you can manipulate energy in a directive way to help someone else and other people's can't? Or how does that work? Can everyone just manipulate energy in the advantage of someone else? Yeah, I mean, theoretically, everybody can do that. There are many factors that play into that, though. And, you know, for example, you probably don't hold your intention long enough until it comes to fruition is one thing. But another thing is there's, of course, divine grace. There's there's literally help from above. And you can call this source God, you can call it beauty, you can call it love, you know, whatever we want to call it. There's something that has created us that holds space for us, that creates this human species, that creates animals, that that creates the energy fields that we ultimately inhabit. Now that has the perfect blueprint, that has the perfection already, you know, readily available. And we often as humans actually move away from that perfect blueprint through our behavior, through our thoughts and actions and feelings, and then come out of balance with it. So there is a lot that goes into actual healing until something really falls into place. And there's, you know, a lot of training that goes into that. What has helped me is that I am clairvoyant, that I can see and feel energy. Therefore, I have a quick road to finding the blockage and removing the blockage because I already see what's going on. Not everybody has that readily available, but you can you could train yourself to do that. It's it's not rocket science. So when you say you can see and feel energy mm-hmm. to a different extent as other people, like when we're sitting in this room right now, mm-hmm. do you, is something you see something, or is that something you have to hone in on? I have, that's something I have to hone in on. I, I actually turn this off intentionally because otherwise I would be reading everybody's energy field. That would be, in my opinion, manipulative or at least intrusive. You know, if I'm not doing anything with it and it's at least intrusive, if I do something with it, it's manipulative. So that I don't want to do. And also it's way too stressful for me. What <laughs> you do you know? see? Like what I know you just said you see. If I close my eyes now... If I close my eyes, I could see your energy field. I could see, you know, where the energy is flowing well, where it's not flowing well. I could also see who's with you. I could see your guides, your deceased people. Often when clients come to me, I see their deceased friends or colleagues or their, their loved ones. And they can tell me, you know, what's going on with them. I see your angels. I see, I see other light beings. And what so, is that conversation with someone who doesn't believe it? Like when you tell them these things, I mean, I, in my opinion, yeah. I've asked this question before and it seems to be, okay, you don't believe it, you don't believe it. At the end of the day, that's the exactly. other person's choice. So it's not, and this is just for uh, conversational purposes. It's not that you have to prove yourself in any way, but I just know people listening are like, you know, it could go either way. So what is it, do you have any experiences per se? And again, this is just a story that has been the most profound where it was just a no doubt experience. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the other person uh, yeah. more than you. I can share a few, oh, oh hundreds of that. But, but first I want to answer that question. What do you do with uh, people who don't believe in this, right? Um, 
I basically say, you can choose what you believe in, right? Because it's, it's not only what you see with your eyes that determines whether you believe it. Somebody can give you a bouquet of flowers and they can say they love you and they give you that bouquet of flowers with full love. If you don't believe that they love you, you will not receive those flowers. You will see a, a meaningless bouquet. You may even throw it away and feel that they want to manipulate you. They just want to want, want something from you. What actually comes to you from them will not reach you. Mm, I love that. What will reach you is just an empty vessel, which is the flowers. And so there's so many things out there that are just beneficial and beautiful and amazing especially people who've died, for example, they are dying to connect with their loved ones in the physical body and they're trying to connect with them. And they tell me the worst thing for people who die is when their loved ones who didn't die don't believe that they're still here. If they think they lost their loved ones, that's the worst for the loved ones who actually left the body because they're right there with them. They're sitting next to them. They're whispering in their ears. They're still giving them the love. They're still, you know, sharing that appreciation. They're looking at them with the eyes of the, of the adorer, you know. The whole energy connection is still there. It never left. But the person thinks it left with the body. When they think that left with the body, they feel bereft of the whole connection. And the person who is sitting next to them in their light body, in their spirit body, they are the saddest. They're sadder than the people who actually are left behind because they can't connect with their loved one. Now, when on the other hand, the loved one says, I know you're still there. I know you just left your body. I can feel your love. I know you're with me. I'm still talking with you. I'm bringing you in on the joy that I have. I'm bringing you in on the sadness that I have. They're connected. That connection is alive. That makes that connection livable, right? And so, you know, if you don't believe it, you don't allow it. That doesn't mean it's not there. It just means you don't allow it into your perception. So in that, can, in that case, scientifically, that person, let's say, doesn't believe it and therefore it doesn't happen. Are they, in essence, manipulating energy on their own to not allow that to happen? Does that make sense? Yes, a good question. They're basically manipulating their perception to not perceive it. And what about in my case? Because I personally, you know... I, I'm I'm kind of not absolute on anything. I have my beliefs. We'll see what happens with a lot of this stuff. But I personally believe in connecting with the other side in X, Y, Z capacities. But at the same time, I personally haven't had any experiences that are like, oh, no brainer. My dad's still with me. This happened. And it's unexplicable. It's a miracle or whatever adjective you want to use. I haven't really had that experience yet. I still believe in it. So how come someone like me, which oh, I itch for a, scenario like that. I want my dad to come through in some ways where I start maybe doubting it because it hasn't happened, even though I feel like it's real. What am I doing? Right, right. What you are doing is you're trying to get an experience that is as physical that your untrained perception can perceive it. And that is hard to get. Very few people get that. I don't have that either. So we have to train our perception to get on a vibrational level, which is a higher vibration, so that we can perceive in the invisible realm, right? And so your 
you're using the brain for faculties in order to try to feel your dad. And the brain isn't trained for that. So you could train yourself to get on a higher vibration and you'll eventually perceive him. But that perception is very, very subtle. It's not as tangible as we want it. It's not lights. It's not, you know, visible to the, to the physical eye. And so just like I often explain that to a typewriter, if you, if you have a typewriter, right? And you type a letter in that, you have to punch these things down and it works and you get a letter out. And that typewriter is kind of crude and therefore you have to hack the letters down, you know, in order to get that, your actual letter written. But it's also not as sensitive. So if you throw that down, it falls on the ground, you pick it back up, it still works. But if you have a computer, let's say a really sophisticated computer, you can also write a letter with that. It's going to take way less touch, but if it falls down, it breaks. So it's more sensitive, right? So we as human beings, we can sensitize our bodies and our brains and our perception so we can perceive in the inner realm. But the first thing that has to come before that happens is the belief. And you have that. You say, I believe. So now you can go and embark on using techniques, which is what I help people with, to start to perceive the higher realms. What are those techniques? Can you derail that? Or even if you don't want to go into the whole thing? Totally. What's Super simple. First, you need to learn to master energy. Once you learn to master energy, you'll actually get physically stronger. You'll you have more what, energy available. What does that mean, master energy? I don't know what that means. It means using metaphysical tools to actually have more energy, which is... You need to know how to create a protection shield so you're protected against negative energies. You need to understand how you can recharge your energy on a daily basis, just like your car. You know, you're protected against rain and sunshine with a good coat of wax. You fuel it up with with gas so you can drive it. And then you need to have a good driver that knows how to drive the car so it stays fine. That's what you need to do with the body, with the energy field of the body. So you learn to protect and you learn to recharge, right? How do you know if you're doing it right? If you, once again, if like You'll feel more energy. Literally feel it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you have more energy available, much more energy. So that's the first step. Now you're handling energy. Then you learn how to manifest with that energy. Now you have enough energy to, you know, be around your friends more, to love more, to bring yourself into your life more. Now you want to create what you actually want instead of what you don't want, right? So that's what I call divine manifestation. You learn how to use energy so you bring to you the money you need, the clients you need, the job you need. And then... Once you've done that, you already have mastered the next level of energy for which you need a higher vibration. And then you learn how to actually communicate with your higher self, which is that part of you that is not in the physical body. Some call it the soul, right? Or your mana, your energy. When you learn to be in touch with that higher self, then you're also available to the information from the invisible realm. Now, at that level, why I like to start with the higher self instead of with deceased people or angels is when you're at that level, you can ask all the questions you need in order to live your life on purpose. But also, you see your, your dad, 
You know, you see your friends who died, you see angels or you feel them. Not everybody sees, some people just feel, but you've heightened your frequency so much that your brain is now able to perceive energy. Okay, I'm, I'm far from that. <laughs> I'm far from that, but I, I appreciate you answering that because I have had that. And I wasn't expecting, you know, just like, poof, I might die, something so obvious shows up. At the same time, I, I don't know, I'm just keeping my eyes peeled, but, this, but I, I feel like I've built a blockade at the same time, even though I feel like I believe in that. That's right. You know what I mean? So I, I have some work to do uh, to make that happen, but I've, I've doubted the whole idea of it, even though I do believe in it because I haven't had that experience. But nevertheless, I don't let go of it. But I, I want to tie it back into your own experience, specifically with losing your mother. Because you said this path that you're on ties into the loss of your mom and how you explained it. She died of cancer and there was a year gap between finding out and when she passed. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Correct. So how, how does that tie in with the work that you're doing? Because you said you've had plenty of experience of healing either physically or energetically on the path to purpose. But what was that journey like because of your ability to heal, but then your mom still passed? Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. what, is, what does that do to the whole concept of what you're working on and what you're doing? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Well, when my mom was, was sick, I wasn't a healer. You know, I didn't even know that I could be a healer. I was just um, interested in helping her. So I went through uh, to a shiatsu class where I learned where the meridians flow and how I could do acupressure shiatsu. And the teacher told us where the meridians are and what you need to do. And I could just follow each meridian on the body. It was like so simple. I knew exactly where the meridians go. And, you know, they go, they don't go straight. They go around here or in the inside, on the outside. And I just knew where they were. And I thought everybody could feel that. He said to me, no, no, you can feel the energy. I'm like, Really? That's when I started to explore, wait, maybe I can feel more. So I started feeling where my mom's pain was. And then I started realizing I can also pull that pain out and actually release the energy so she ends up having no more pain. And I'm an, I, I could just do this. I could maneuver energy. And I did that. And so that was my first exploration into, okay, I can feel energy and I can actually do something with this energy that's beneficial. And then when she died, I think literally she helped me with that higher per perception because on that day she died, I could see the whole room light up. I saw the angels. I saw the light around her. I could feel all of that. And from that day on, you know, I would still communicate with my mom. I knew I had just lost her in the physical body. And that took me a whole year to get to that point before I was going to die with her 100%. I was going to go with her. This is the worst thing for me, that my mom would die. But by the end of that year, through that whole process that she helped me go through with talking with me about going over to the other side, with encouraging me to, to listen in and to stay in touch with her, I actually was able to do that. I could feel her come in. I could hear what she was saying to me. And then it started that I could feel other people's energies and other people's deceased ones. So for example, I can see your dad. Your dad is right here. So he goes from right and left shoulder. And if I close my eyes, I can perceive him better because I'm looking with my, with my third eye. And here's like tapping on you. And he's like, I can't believe you're still, you're still telling me you can't see me. You know, 
you got this, buddy. You got this, buddy. You just, come on, get over it already. I'm here all the time. Come on. I mean, this is time that we're just going to go on our business and we're just going to do it. We're going to do it together. You're not alone. I'm here with you and you got this. Just trust me. You're saying that my dad's doing that right now? He's saying that. He said all of that, all of that. Did you feel or hear your dad in what I was saying? When you were saying it, yeah, but I can't tell if that's just me, you know, picturing my dad because you're saying it's my dad. You know what I mean? I, I didn't. How like does that. he talk? Does he talk like that? I mean, you, you have a little more of a German accent than a New York accent, but other than that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, for instance, you're telling me this, but I'd need more. Right, right, right. So there's one thing he's pointing to your heart. So there's, there's a, there's, there's a dark area in your heart. There's, there's real grief. There's real loss. And that if you go into that darkness into your heart, it, you're afraid that it takes you into the abyss, that it takes you into, into a nothingness where you dissolve, where you're completely, basically gone. That's what he's sharing. Do you have resonance with that? A little bit. Yeah. So he says, you are called to have that experience. This experience will take another 12 years in your heart because you're helping people who have that feeling. So you're literally here to help people get their word out, get their voice out and be heard. And because you're doing that, you need to have that feeling. You're not going to get rid of that feeling until you're at a certain level. But what he wants you to know is you are not that feeling. You are, there is no abyss behind there. There is depth and you have a depth of feeling and therefore you have a depth of love. And if you think you can't love deeply and if you think you have to stay away from that deep connected love, you don't. You can love right now, right this moment, because next to that abyss there's a loving heart. There's a boy that loves. There's a boy that wants to run around. There's a boy that loves to play ball. There's this childlike innocence. There's this childlike adventure. And that's there also. Just remember that hole in your heart is only there for your purpose. So you can fulfill your purpose. It's not who you are. It doesn't define you. And you're not going to get rid of it until your purpose is fully fulfilled. Let me see what else he's saying. I'm reminding you of somebody, he's saying. Who do I remind you about? I don't know. I'm actually trying to figure that out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, the first, there's one specific name that came off to my head when you asked that. It's a f- girlfriend named Veronica who's no longer with me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. But it can't, that was the first name that just came to me, so I just said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so Veronica... So did you go on a vacation with Veronica? Um, I wouldn't call it a vacation, but there was definitely a trip involved, but it was mm-hmm. more visiting her with friends, so it kind of felt like a vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel light in the arms. So I see that. Uh-huh. There you go. It's your dad connecting with you. It's your dad <sighs> connecting with you. And your dad is right here with you. You know, I mean, he, you better be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ask just, him something. Do you have any questions for him? I have too many questions. Ask uh, one. I mean... It's not about, I don't even, you put me on the spot right now, but if anything. Something about ball, ball play. Yeah, I mean, we, ball was a big part of my life Mm -hmm. growing up with him, for sure. Baseball specifically was Mm -hmm. a big part of our life. So I don't have any questions with that because I think he did a good job there. But just in regards to 
it's more selfish in regards to what the hell I'm doing. Like he's asking about that, the, the darkness in my heart. And yes. if, if you mention that specifically the, with love, mm-hmm. I've always, I have felt something in the, in, the, in the ideation of, can I even get to a point of loving That's deeply? Right. And I know I can, but I feel like at the same time, I haven't let myself get there. That's, that's his point. That's the point he's making. And the so reason, for another 12 more years, I got to do this podcast and can't love what's going on here. No, he's <laughs> saying you can love. He, he, he's saying, I'm going to close my eyes so I can hear him better. He's saying you, cannot, you are mistaken when you think you cannot love because of this. And when you think you have to get rid of that because it's hindering you from love. Because you're identifying with that is hindering you from love. You need to unidentify from that this is who you are. This is just an experience you've had and it's still with you and you're feeling that grief and that loss and that darkness because you need to have compassion with other people. That's why you need to be able to feel this. We cannot take that away from you. But there's this other part of you that you're neglecting because you're thinking you are that. You are not that. This is just something you have. You have that experience and that feeling, but you are not that. And you have a deep, deep, and actually lighthearted heart also there that's lighthearted, that's playful, that's totally loving and totally connecting. And he's asking you to let that out. He's asking you to connect with that girl now that you have in mind. You need to connect with her now in a playful way and not identify with that that other part. That's just for your calling. It's something that you need to use like you have a skill to help people, right? But who you really are is a person who can love now and you can love deeply and actually in a fun and lighthearted way. It doesn't need to be painful. Okay, so what I'm getting from this is <laughs> that let it, letting that darkness go, is that darkness coming from, it could be a source of many things, but is, is it coming just from the loss of my dad? Big time. And it's, it's funny you say that. I mean, not funny at all, but it's, I've always... Any of my flaws or anything that maybe I, I could do better, which is plenty and plenty of things I've done wrong, I've always tried to figure out or let go at the same time how much of that stems from my loss as a kid. Maybe it's a subconscious. I don't even realize it, that it's so deep that it's affecting me. And I've always tied it to that, not as an excuse, because at the end of the day, it's still my responsibility. But how do I, is that just a perception shift or is it some kind of practice of letting go? I'm so glad you're asking that. I'm so he's like cheering you on, you know, because there's no loss. I'm sorry to say, or I'm happy to say, there is no loss. You, you, you've lost his physical presence, but you've not lost your dad. I, your dad is with you right now. I can literally see him. You can feel him. He's, he has his hands on both of your shoulders, so you can, you can sense there's something going on with your arms right? You can sense there's a greater light in this room when you're starting to perceive him, right? And you've not not lost your dad. And he's trying to shake you. He's like, are you finally getting this that I'm with you all the time? Not only did you not lose me, you actually gained my presence 24-7. Yeah, but I can't talk to him. I mean, why not? I don't know where you're going to go with that. Go ahead. Ask something. Say something. Am I doing the right things? I know because I'm not, I'm not doing all the right things, but what what does he think about the path I'm on? Like, am I specifically, literally the day-to-day stuff that I'm doing? Because clearly there's things I'm doing that I'm not happy with that I can get beyond. But 
I feel I feel very anxious about the path specifically with this podcast, and I worry a lot about it because I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, and I believe in it, but obviously there's there's day to day doubts. But what about the path I'm on? Am I am I waiting for some? Is there is there something that's gonna just gonna give and I'm gonna be okay? There it is, because it feels like I'm chasing this carrot that's just dangling in front of me. Good. And now hear what he's saying. Open your heart and tell me what if you knew what he was saying. What would he be saying? And I'll confirm or or I'll correct you. Can you just tell me what he's saying and then we'll go from there. You tell me what you think because that way you know if you can communicate with him. What is he saying? I, Not in your mind. Don't turn it off. Turn your mind off. And so ask the question one more time, am I, am I doing the right thing? And then just let your heart talk. I feel like he's saying yes and no, meaning mainly yes, but there's some no's there. Like, you know, but at the same time, I, I, I know what I'm doing wrong. Keep going. And those are easily snatchable, but okay. at the same time, I feel like you just And if you that. snatch those, were you on the right path? Yes. Yes. That's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, clean up the mess. You know, you know what you, what you need to clean up. You know it. Do it. And know you're on the right path. That's it. No matter what. No more doubting. You already know it. So scratch the freaking doubt. The doubt is just keeping you stuck. And it's just when you are, are about to, to play the game, when you're about to hit the ball, if you doubt, it's gone, right? You know what you did wrong if you did a mistake. You're going to do better next time. And if you did it right, you did it right. Scratch that in between. Scratch all the chatter. You know what you need to clean up, and you know you're on the right path. Dang. So if I'm blending that playful, I, I like to say I'm pretty playful, but in the sense of that scratching that doubt and cleaning it up, do I do it with a playfulness and huh. even, even pretend, even when I have that doubt, just pretend I don't have doubt? Like, is that part of the process? Just like yeah. Treat the f- doubt. That's now me saying that, but he's laughing at me. He's like, of course, playful. Are you kidding me? Playful? Yes, playful. That's what he's saying. Here's a little bat right here. This is his. Can, can you tell, I mean, can you, if, if, you know, if he's really tapping on my shoulder somewhere around me right now, how, if I ask him to show, like to give me something, to show me something that would relieve any specific doubt. And again, he doesn't have to throw a parade that's going to like be like, oh, that's him. And I'm, what do I, how can I get that from him? You're not going to get it. I'm not going to get no, it. Well, you're not going to get it. Well, that's why you get to believe. That's the choice. Humans have a choice. Not, not like this table doesn't have a choice, right? Humans have a choice. Do I want to believe? Do I want to open up to the possibility? I'm not even saying you need to believe. I'm saying, do I want to open up to the possibility that I am conversing with my dad right now? Do I want to open up to the possibility that he's telling me stuff? Do I want to open up to the possibility that I'm actually getting what he's saying? If that's a yes, keep going. That's a yes. Yeah, keep going. Because if you, if you get like clear signs, there's no effort on your end. There's not even free choice on your end. You always get free choice. You always need to make the choice. So how do you blend that? Same thing. I will, if I ask for, if I ask for Jesus to show up here in front of me right now, that'll never happen. But I've had experiences where all of a sudden, for example, a deceased one comes, a dad comes and shows up and tells me that I need to call up 
his daughter, and I need to tell the daughter that she needs to get the red car from the parking lot over there and drive it over to her house right now. So I do that. I tell her it's a red car. She knows which car it is. She drives it over, and five minutes later, there's an accident there. So, you know, you get those messages, but you only get them so settled that every time I call these people up, I doubt. Every time I'm sharing stuff, I'm sharing stuff with you right now, uh, my brain will doubt what's happening. But I know in my heart, I've had it so many times, I've had it like a million times. I know what's real. I just know that what's doubting is the computer in our brain. Our brain is a computer and the computer only works with what it's experienced before. Just like a program, what you put into the computer, what you program into the computer, right? That's what's in the computer. If you tell the computer to upgrade and to now allow, let's say, invisible information in, it can't do it because it's not in its program. It'll always give you um, an error. It'll say, this program is not compatible. It doesn't exist or it's wrong or it's fraud or it's, you know, alarm. It'll tell you it's wrong because it's not prepared for that. So we cannot use our brain, which is a simple computer, to understand higher energies. <sighs> but we can use a higher mind in our heart. And you're feeling it. I'm feeling it. We know it. And people know it. They know there's more to them than just a physical body. Whether they'll allow their brain to believe that or not, that's free choice. Free choice. Okay, we need to, we're going to pull this back because I'm not sure if what just happened, which is a session with Aria here, some medium spiritual, excuse my language, shit that just happened that if you're listening to the podcast, I'm not sure if we're keeping that in or not. <laughs> so if you missed it, well, maybe we'll show you at some point or if it's still in the episode, then we're carrying on regardless. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. That was a, that was a lot to pull in, but um, as, again, for lack of better words, because you said at first the woo-woo-ness, something felt a little different there. So thank you. You're welcome. But to bring it back to you, because that just selfishly became about me a little uh, bit there. It's this, about the topic, right? It's it doesn't, the, no, the person no. doesn't matter. It's right on. I know, but I brought but, you here to talk about you, and all of a sudden, you know, my dad's tapping me on my shoulder, so I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> but it, back with your experiences with your mom, again, because you said that you healed an area, but then she passed. And then I'm tying this together as I speak. But then that experience of her passing kind of seemed to have led you onto your purpose. That's right. So you're saying you healed her, but she died. So how does that contrast work into saying you healed her, but she died? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. No, I don't. I didn't say I healed her. I only said, and I only can say that I helped her with energy work, mm -hmm. right? I helped her to ease the pain. I was at the time at my total beginning of my practice. I did not know how to heal cancer. And I still, to this day, I'm very hesitant with cancer. And part of it is because, you know, I need to honor what the person's path is, right? So to this point, I believe that my mom was actually supposed to die then. At the time, I didn't want that. Um, but I did not heal her. I, I'm not saying that I can heal anything anyway. All I say is I know what needs to happen on an energy level in order for the body to heal now. Hmm. Now, in the last 10 years, I know that. And in the last 10 years, I was able to help a lot of people heal from so-called chronic diseases that are not healable or getting up from their deathbed or, or just healing little ailments, whatever it is, you know. 
because of that ability to direct the energy from disharmony back into harmony. So then how did you describe the energy of grief? Because like obviously you've grieved a lot in your life. You mentioned you, well, you told me off the mic, she's lost her father at two, um, I think a grandparent, grandfather right at 12, boyfriend at 18, and mother at 23. Right. So what has that process of grief been for you in regards to how do you manip- how would how would the everyday person manipulate, quote unquote, the energy of grief? Oh, I love it. Well, grief to me is super important. Super important. I would not manipulate that in any which way or form. What I feel is grief to me is honoring. It's honoring what was and honoring the connection. So when I'm in a grieving phase because I just lost the physical form of somebody, I'm really in a phase where I'm honoring our connection, where I'm honoring the person that died, where I'm honoring myself, who I am with them. And I spend time in that. Now, there is there is a pivotal point where people can turn that honoring grief into a tragedy or into a success story. And that's what I'm interested in helping people with because a tragedy is when people say, I lost them. And they'll never come back and I'm on my own for the rest of my life and I will just, I'm stuck in that sadness, yeah? Compared to when I am realizing I'm sad that I lost that physical connection, I'm lost the hugs, I'm lost, I lost doing these things with the person, but I did not lose our connection. I did not lose the love. And in fact, energetically, like with your dad or with my dad or with my mom, I have gained the connection to such a degree that they're now with me all the time. They can be present at all times. And so I can ask them, I can be with them all the time. Look at it. If you, if you're, let's say with your dad or with your mom and you're an adult, you know, how often do you actually see them? You don't see them that often, right? You talk with them on the phone, maybe, but you can do that with the spirit. You can talk with them right now and get answers like you just did because you kind of feel what they're saying to you. So it's not like, oh my gosh, we see them all the time. It is that, let's say they're still alive and you're not on the phone with them right now. What is it that makes that so special that they're still alive? It's your love for them. And it's you knowing that they love you. That's what's so special that when I'm not on the phone with my dad and my mom, I know they're here and they love me, right? Or my friend or my boyfriend or my partner, you know, my cat, my dog. So that does not go away. And we need to make sure we're not making that mistake and we're going into this terrible, bitter sadness by thinking that is gone. But realize that's that nobody can take away. And it's an energy and an energetic connection. That energetic connection is the same whether you're in a physical body or not, you know? It seems like a lot to come to the understanding amongst the grief. You know what I mean? Like, regardless if someone believes that or not, I think when you're in the heat of it. Then you got to cry. And you just got, I mean, what else do you do? But I think I like the approach of understanding that this process is, is, uh, is uh, in a sense, honoring that person. That's a different way of looking at it. It's just, again, when you're in the middle of it, that's when it's hard to really grasp that, especially for those people that don't believe in that, believe that, you know, atheism or people that just believe that it's over. That's a totally different process than what you're explaining. Correct. And, you know, 
it wouldn't it wouldn't be impossible for a person who doesn't believe in any of this to say just for a week i'm opening up to the possibility that we can energetically connect and i'll see how i feel with that experiment yeah that's for example what i did i ended up when i was 18 when my boyfriend died i became the utter atheist i was so 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 shocked at him dying in that accident that and i was so angry at the world and at god and at anything that could have created this world that they that i felt that there actually there's somebody up there that's laughing at us and that's feeding off our aspirations and our positive feelings and as soon as you have a positive feeling and an aspiration they'll take it away from you and then they laugh at you that's how I felt I felt so betrayed and so I went down a really dark path I went into deep 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 depression and I just decided I'm not going to believe in anything positive anymore period because if I don't then nothing can be taken away from me you know I if I'm not getting attached to anything positive and I don't want anything positive well then, you know, I'm not feeding that guy up there who's having fun with me, right? Nothing can be taken away from me. And so I was at that place where I literally don't believe in anything else. Only after like a year or two of that, and I had lost all my friends over the period of that, I realized I wasn't more happy. I was not more detached. And if somebody would die that I care about, I would be just as sad as I would have been two years ago. Now only I don't have a life anymore. I'm laying on the ground like a vegetable. I'm sleeping all day. I'm not doing anything. I'm completely clinically depressed. Um, so then I decided I'm going to do an experiment. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to try how it feels if I decided things are positive. What if I decided that there is love? What if I decided there is somebody there that actually enjoys me having love? I'm just an experiment. I just did the negative experiment. It didn't really work out well. Trying the positive one. And once I tried that, I started to have more fun. I started to feel better. And to this day, well, it's probably more like five years ago, I finally decided I'm just going to now accept that I believe what, I be what I've been practicing. I but love, I love you that. don't have to believe it. You can just try it on and see what you feel better with. Yeah, I, I like the idea of ex experimenting just to see what works because I feel like there's people that might say the opposite and that they go down that path of not believing, but they feel better and then that's their path. Absolutely. But then when that happens, it starts questioning, okay, so which one, is, which one is it? Is it just perception or is it truly an energetic being or is it truly beliefs or is it just we're just meat bags and that's what it is because mm -hmm. of just simply perception. So I don't know, but I like the idea of experimenting to see what works, even if it goes against your pillars of belief and just, just to see, just experiment and be a little whimsical about it. And if it does work out, be open to that. Yeah. And then whatever makes you feel good, as long as you're not screwing someone else over. Oh man. Okay. We just covered a lot here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we covered a lot. We covered a lot and there's so much more to go, but at the same time, I, is there anything else that you feel like we missed out before I get you out of here? Because I, I want people to be able to, uh, we'll plug your information and how people can find more about you and your work. Is there anything else that you feel like we didn't cover that you feel like, you know, giving people a little bit of a tap on the back goodbye before we get out of here? 
Sure. Well, if people are interested in understanding, you know, what their purpose is, if people are interested in getting in touch, if somebody who's listening to my voice right now is interested in getting in touch with that eternal part of themselves, you know, we're talking about this eternal part of your deceased person that's still available to communicate with you. Well, you you have an internal part also. That's what I work with. And that eternal part of us, what I call the higher self, has access to the all-knowing field. It, it lives in the higher realms where our deceased relatives and loved ones reside. That's why they are such good advisors to us, because they understand what everybody needs. They understand what's going to happen tomorrow and they can tie it into what happened yesterday because they have access to the all-knowing field. Well, we have that as well. We have a higher self that has access to the all-knowing field. And I call that like the, the perfect genie that I can contact and I can ask anything. And when I do I can get the perfect answers and also the perfect resources in order to fulfill my purpose. If people are interested in finding out how to access their higher selves so that they can have the answers, they don't have to go to a medium like me and have that medium ask, you know, for them, you know, what's my purpose or what's the next step in life or is this my soulmate or should I go and move or should I take that job? They can ask those questions to their higher self and that higher self can give an information that's not only accurate and tied into their true soul purpose, but it also is good in, in alignment with everybody else's needs that are touched by that, by that question. That's good for everyone. And so in your practice, are you kind of telling, teaching people ways where they can suffice on their own as opposed to having to constantly Absolutely. call you for answers? Absolutely. That's unique. You, you ever heard of the dating app Hinge? There's a dating app called Hinge. It says uh -huh. their slogan is it's meant to be deleted. Uh -huh. You're like the medium that's meant to be deleted. You don't need to call me all the time until you find your, your, your way exactly. of doing it. It's interesting. Exactly. I mean, that's... That's I, I like that's an interesting a new approach as opposed to I know some people are like you know he just he just wants more and more business well it seems like you're in the business of helping people get there and absolutely then they only have themselves and that's it absolutely well, I love absolutely. that that's wonderful it's called higher self mastery and you know it's my mission to actually help pe help as many people as I can and have them help as many people as they can to access their higher self and live their lives, what we call on a higher self lifestyle. Because when you have a higher self lifestyle, you live a life on a vibrational level that's higher than 500. And what I was talking about with the grief and the sadness and the negativity, you can measure those vibrations. We're coming back to quantum physics now. You can measure those vibrations and those are really low vibrations. That's where the negative feelings reside. Nobody's happy there. Well, the higher you vibrate, the happier your feelings are, the happier your life is. But also the more and more closer you get to actually feeling energy and to being able to communicate with your higher self, which then in turn gets you more successful on what you need to do and fulfill your soul purpose, which you choose to end you know, life when it's your time to go with knowing you fulfilled your life's purpose and you being happy along the lines, along that road? Or would you rather say, I just 
was a no believer and I just stuck with no believing and I ended up, you know, maybe missing the target. What would you be interested in? Energy, baby. Yeah, <laughs> me too. That's what I said. And if there's anybody out there who feels that way, you know, I have a process that's super simple. It's down to earth. I call it practical spirituality because it actually helps us practically in our lives with, like I said, energy, having enough energy to live with bringing things about what you want and having these answers from the higher self and that I call higher self mastery. It's a simple course people can take and when they want to take it further, they can be in part of the membership where we actually do this together and have a higher self lifestyle and it ends up being very fun. It ends up being wonderfully fulfilling and you get the work done in a way that you're meant to be doing it. Yeah, I mean, you, you, we got introduced from uh, the lovely Megan Plummer who swears by it. So um, there's only sometimes only one way to find out is by giving it a shot. And so I'm going to pl- mm-hmm. plug your information for anyone looking to find you mm-hmm. into the show notes, uh, any any links that you have, social media. So if you want to find her, sure. just go to the show notes, whoever you're listening right now, just hit information. You'll see it if you don't know where the hell to go, okay? But I do want to one last quick question before we get out of here. So you mentioned earlier about our loved ones, deceased loved ones reside somewhere else. What are they doing constantly for eternity? Like, what, what do you know? Do you know that answer? Like, what are they doing up there for the rest of eternity? That, that is me out. so awesome, isn't it? An awesome question. And yes. there, there's so many controversies about it. You know, people believe in reincarnation, others don't. Some pe- people believe in, to ha- in heaven, and you know, others don't. And those are things that we really don't have the answer for. You know, I know what I've seen when I get guided up, you know, but. You know, is that now the reality for everybody or is that only what I see? That's why I feel that, you know, we have to find that in our own hearts. What do we want to believe? What really feels right for us, right? Because we have that free choice. So I can tell you what I believe, but, you know, how useful is it? I think it's much more useful if you literally say, okay, what feels good to me what would I like to believe in and then decide whether you want to believe that or you want to believe something that somebody else tells you since we anyway don't know seems like whatever the heck we believe is what is gonna perceive that's another possibility you know I believe in reincarnation so I believe that we literally come back and and that the soul actually evolves through these lifetimes and this is a very dense reality here a physical reality where we can evolve relatively quickly but it's also relatively painful so you know there's other forms of how you can how you can evolve but that's a question that everybody needs to answer for themselves and that's where the free will is a big part of it well you know what i just think is the saddest story is if people say you know I'm just going to shut myself off of all possibilities that feel good to me, which is what I did when I was 18, between 18 and 20, 21. I shut myself off of everything that felt good. That did not work for me. If it's not working for you who's listening to my voice, you know, you may want to try something else. Well, I'm going to say a couple words here to bow out of here, but what do you believe? Because at the end of the day, that's what seems to matter. And uh, I hope everyone finds that, whatever that is. And uh, Ari, I want to thank you so much for being on here. Mm. This is truly interesting. It was definitely a, a first of an experience that I still don't know if I still made it in the episode or not. So sorry if you guys are listening, but I'll maybe let that out sooner or later if we miss the medium session. But uh, thank you again for anyone that wants to find her. Again, go to the show notes and uh, another episode of Dead Talks. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much for having me, David. So amazing to have this conversation with you. And I love your topic. I love your mission. Keep going. The world needs you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. All right, guys. We'll see you next time.